Hi, and welcome to episode 87 of the iPhone Life podcast. I'm Donna Cleveland, Editor-in-Chief at iPhone Life. I'm David Averbach, CEO and Publisher at iPhone Life. And I'm Sarah Kingsbury, Senior Web Editor at iPhone Life. Each week we bring to you the best apps, great gear, and top tips in the iOS world. Uh, this week we have uh, some special apps and gear themed for the summertime because right now it's mid-June and we've got, uh, we've got a tubing trip coming up. I uh, <laughs> recently went to Miami and had some gear on the beach, so we'll tell you all about that too. So stay tuned. First we want to tell you about our sponsor, Jamf. Jamf is a software that allows small to mid-sized companies to manage their iPhones. So if you are a company that provides your employees with iPhones, you have all sorts of special needs to manage that process in terms of easy set, easily setting up the phone, loading custom apps in, managing security. There's a whole range of things that you're gonna need to handle and Jamf makes that process really easy to handle with their uh, software. It's free for, I think it's- Three devices. Three devices, yeah, three thanks. Devices. I don't like to overpromise. Mm -hmm. uh, so check it out. It's jamf.com. Uh, we'll link to it in the show notes. If you go to iphonelife.com slash podcast, Sarah will link to it for us. <laughs> <laughs> so this week we have a daily tip that we want to share with you that's super simple. If, uh, if you're not already a subscriber to our daily tips newsletter, go to iphonelife.com slash daily tips. And here you will, once you sign up, you'll get a tip each day that teaches you something cool you can do with your iPhone in just a minute. So it's super easy and simple. Um, sometimes we find more cool, obscure tips, things that you didn't know about, but we also cover the basics and that's something that is super important because things like Apple IDs and iCloud tend to confuse people. <laughs> so I would say like 90% of my personal tech support. So whenever anybody finds out that you work for iPhone Life Magazine, they ask you for personal tech support. And like 90% yeah. of it is Apple ID and iCloud got messed up. Yeah, exactly. And so this tip is just how to create an Apple ID. Um, this is something you only want to do if you don't already have one because a lot of people don't realize you can reset your password if you forget it. Or you can change your email address associated with it. Yeah, which yeah. is something you used to not be able to do. So. Uh, first, you want to go and make sure if you go to iCloud.com, you can go and sign in or uh, is it AppleID.com or something? I'm forgetting now, but um, you want to go through the process. We can link in the show notes to uh, the post that teaches you how to reset your forgotten Apple ID password. But basically, you do it the way you do for most other accounts, which is you want to know the email address and from there, you can go through a process. Um, and in your email address, which is your Apple ID. And from there, you can go through a process of setting a new password. Um, but if you ha don't have one, you can easily do it from your iPhone. You just go to the settings app, and at the top, you'll see a bar that says sign in to your iPhone. Um, if you already are signed in with an Apple ID, there you'll see your profile icon and your information. That's how you get to your Apple ID. Um, so if you're not logged into anything there, you'll see that. And from there, you can go through a process of creating a new Apple ID. You know, it's interesting. I never would have thought that this tip would like really be necessary because the Apple ID is the key to using so much of your iPhone, and it seems like that's the first thing you would do. But I've actually met longtime iPhone users who don't have an Apple ID and they don't get books and they don't download apps. And I don't, 
Yeah. I don't know what they're doing Does with their phones. They're just making phone calls. Doesn't mm -hmm. Apple require you to have an Apple no. ID? It doesn't. Okay, so you can have an iPhone and not have an Apple ID. Yeah, wow. because this in this you're already using your iPhone. Yeah, you're right. You're right, you're right, you're right. Yeah. yeah. So, but basically, your Apple ID is uh, is your account with Apple, and so that allows you to do things like download apps, and it allow and that Apple ID then also ends up being. Uh, you use for your iCloud account as well. And so that allows you to back up all of your data and storage and all of that. Um, so really you're limited to making calls and using Apple's stock apps, but not having any of that sync to any other devices or be backed up in any kind of way. So you can use your phone, but it's like way more limited, like Sarah said. I'm guessing the majority of you listening to this do, in fact, have an Apple ID. So I think the most important part of this tip is how not to set up an Apple ID. <laughs> if you have a new email address, go change your email address. If you can't remember your email address, I'm, I'm pretty sure there's ways to figure that out. Uh, I can't remember off the top of my head how to do it, sorry. Uh, if you can't remember your password, find your password because most, or you can reset it. Yeah, you yeah. can reset your password. That's what I mean. Uh, most of the problems that people encounter around Apple ID and iCloud is they'll end up having several different accounts. Uh, and then they, some of the apps will be downloaded in one account, some will be downloaded in another account. It's really hard to unravel it once you end up with multiple yeah. accounts. And some really, photos you've taken yeah. in the past will be like if you're using iCloud with one account and then another yeah. will be like stored really in different bad. accounts. You can't merge them. Like mm, there, you yeah. basically have to choose the the account that has the purchases that mean the most to you, download onto a computer any photos associated with those other accounts, and then just abandon your purchases from those other ones. So yeah. unless it's a really special use case you should have a goal of only having one Apple ID. <laughs> and don't create one if you already have one. Take, yeah. Spend the time to figure out what your email address is that's associated with it, what your password is, reset your password if you have to, but you can get yourself into real trouble if you abuse this tip, so. Yeah. <laughs> Use with caution. Yes. All right, next we're gonna move on to iPhone Life Insider. Uh, this is our premium subscription that's more of an educational service for your iPhone. So you can get complete video guides for all of Apple's different devices and different cool features from iPhone photography to how to use iCloud like we just talked about. Um, you also get a digital subscription to our magazine and a full access to our archive. And you get uh, daily video tips that go along with our daily tips newsletter. So you'll get a video walkthrough of how to do things. And last but not least, we have a feature uh, called Ask an Editor. So if you're having any specific tech problem arise, you can send uh, your questions to Sarah and she'll help you find a solution. So Sarah's gonna share uh, what a question that an insider sent her and how she helped them out. All right, so this insider wrote, I have an iPhone 10 that has 453 apps. All the app slots on the 15 screens are filled. I just added a new app, where is it? The only way I can get to it is to type the app name in the search bar. I would like to add the new app to a folder, but I can't find it to move it into a folder. When I search bar the app, it appears in the application view. I can tap on it to run the app, but I can't move it into a folder. What am I doing wrong? Um, so basically, <laughs> you can't move an app into a folder unless it's on your home screen. And it won't sh it's not showing up on your home screen because there is no place for it because um, you have 15 home screens, and each one can fit yeah, 24 so just, apps. Just to clarify, when she's saying home screen, she means any one of your multiple home screens, yeah, not your first home screen. Because you can, if you have an app in a different home screen, you can still do it. Sorry, go ahead. 
So, um, so basically you have those 15 home screens, each one can fit 24 apps, and then you can have up to four apps in the dock, and that's 364 apps. So if you're gonna have more than, say, 363 apps, you gotta start using folders. And it sounds like he does, but the problem is there's no space for a new app to show up on the home screen. So what this insider needs to do is move more apps from his home screen into folders, and that will create space for this missing app plus any other apps that maybe he downloaded and haven't shown up. And then, you know, if you always make sure to leave at least one empty space for an app icon on, your, on one of your home screens, then anytime you download an app, it will show up there and then you can just put it in whatever folder you want. You know, I actually had no idea that uh, you had limited amounts of screens. Yep, there's 15. Oh. We have an article. I think it's. I think we rolled it over. Actually, the spring cleaning article. Yeah. Is it? When's that coming out? Yeah, that's coming out in this upcoming issue that just went to print yesterday. Okay. So it, you know, in the next few weeks, uh, you'll be if you're if you're a subscriber, you'll be receiving your issue. And it talks about ideas of how to do sort of a digital cleaning, and this is yeah. one of the things that I think is one of the most important digital cleaning things of every once in a while, and it can be every few years even. It's, it's a good idea to go look through your apps, A, sort them into folders, but B, clear out the apps you don't use. Because yeah. I, I can't imagine that you're on a daily basis using more than 300 apps. But I could be wrong. No, but, I think the average person uses like nine apps in regular rotation. Yeah, so I think it's worth, I mean, it's it clears up storage, and then you don't have to worry about a lot of these little things like filling up your, your 15 screens. But it's something, I mean, I should I need to do it too, to be honest. I just checked, I have 212 apps. Nice. of which I probably use nine. Uh, <laughs> but it's worth, I think, investing a little bit of time every once in a while organizing your phone. Yeah, because also when you delete apps that were paid apps that you just haven't used in years, you can always re-download it. Yeah. You don't lose that money, so that's, that's a nice thing as well. So go to iphonelife.com insider to send questions like that to Sarah and to get access to all of our video guides uh, and video tips. So we don't have any comments to share from this issue, but we want to go right ahead into our Apple complaints and learning section, because after that, we'll get into our summer apps and gear. Um, so who has things that they've learned or complaints I have a summer, this week? I have a summer-themed uh, learning, oh, actually. Oh, let's hear it. So I have been having trouble with my AC, uh, and I had some people come and look at it, and I have a Nest thermostat, and what I, I have my Nest thermostat set up to, when I'm gone, turn uh, my AC to 84 degrees so that it's not running AC while I'm gone and I'm not paying for that. And what I learned was that for heat, that's a good practice. In the winter, turning your heating down when you're gone saves you money, but for AC, he said it actually use just as much it costs ju just as much if not more to try to recool your house mm -hmm. after coming home than if you just kept it cool throughout the day uh and i mean part of why i had him come is i was having a really hard time cooling my house back down from 84 degrees and it was still hot in the evenings so that was an interesting thing i learned uh is it, so if you have a nest thermostat what you can do is there's an eco mode and you can set where the limit is. So instead of having 84, I just went and adjusted it to 76, I think. So that it's still gonna save me a little bit of money because that's a little bit hotter than I normally keep it. But then it'll cool off in time and it doesn't tax my AC as much. 
The other thing that's cool that you can do that I've learned is I have an upstairs that gets a lot hotter than the downstairs because I don't have uh, a great ventilation system set up. And what you can do is you can say, if you have a Nest thermostat, and I'm assuming most smart thermostats have a similar function, you can set it up to run the fan regularly, even if it's not running the AC. And so what that does is it pushes the air through the house. And mm -hmm. so it, what, cause what happens is at night, I'm upstairs in my bedroom, but the thermostat's downstairs. So it says it's cool, but I'm hot upstairs. And so this keeps the air cycling, which A, brings the cool air from downstairs up to me without having to run my AC as much. And B, it warms up, it equalizes the air, which means my thermostat's gonna be more accurate. So I thought that was a lot of interesting AC There's, learning. Uh, yeah, that another is. advantage to that as well is if you have an outdoor intake, then that means you're not just recycling the same old oh, air. You're actually getting like, new fresh air, which is important because we live in a part of the country that has uh, radon. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so you want that fresh air. That's true. All right, my complaints, my complaint and learning is actually not summer related, but that's all right. Um, and that's something that's happened. I think it's iOS 11 related, but that's like people that you have saved in your contacts suddenly not showing up anymore. Like whenever they call or text you, you just see the phone number, which is very annoying. Um, and there, I, I looked up how to solve this problem because I found this starting to happen to me. Um, and it can be as simple as just restarting your phone. David, you're the one who told me that worked yeah. for you. I've had that happen several times to me where all of a sudden all of my contacts have just turned to like just phone numbers and when I restart my phone it fixes itself. Okay, yeah, so it's never happened to me that it's been for everyone, but it was happening just periodically. Which is almost even weirder. Yeah, yeah, it's super weird. But so yeah, restarting your phone and then there were some different contact settings that you can mess with. Um, now I'm failing to remember what they were, but I went through a couple different steps and I'm not having the problem anymore. But I think restarting was the one that they said that has been commonly known to solve the problem like most reliably, which is great that it's that easy. <laughs> uh, I have a couple, because this happened to me a few times, I have a couple extra points on, in this. First of all, if you switch SIM cards, you can run into problems, and so that's part, that's why it happens to me frequently. When I travel internationally, I'll get an international SIM card, mm. and for whatever reason, even though I have my contacts backed up on iCloud, they seem to somehow still be linked to my SIM card and not show up as contacts when I switch my SIM card. Uh, and then even when I switch it back, I have problems with it. So that's one area it's that I, people can have problems with. Restarting tends to fix that for me, and over a week or two of switching back, it tends to just kind of be okay. I also, and this was years ago, and it might not still be a problem, I had this happen to me, and when I Googled it, it was a Verizon issue where you had to call a weird like Verizon 800 number, and you literally just called the number, and like put in your phone number and they'd be like, okay, your contacts are reset now. And then they all reset. Weird. This was like, I don't know, like 2010. So uh, okay. hopefully they fixed this, but just to throw that out there in case that's still a weird Verizon quirk, I don't know. Yeah, another thing they suggested is if you go into settings, accounts and passwords, and then tap on each account, you can check, you can toggle on and off contacts and sometimes that will reset mm. the syncing. Gotcha. So that was something to try as well. But basically, it's one of those annoying things. I think it happens to a lot of people. Um, but there are some like easy things like this that you can do to fix it. So it was both a complaint and a learning. If you're ever having problems with your phone, 
step one, restart it. I had yeah. a problem yesterday where when I went to the search function, my recently used apps didn't show up, mm. which I use a lot because in order to keep myself from going on Facebook too much, I have it really buried in my phone, and so I just my way to get to it. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And so I, it was like a weird bug, but I just restarted my phone, and it was fine. Cool. So actually, this is going to, I, I had a complaint, which is it's just so annoying when I disconnect my music from my speaker and then connect some headphones and then like two minutes later my speaker takes it back because mm -hmm. I forgot to turn it off. Although I swear I turned it off, but apparently I didn't. Um, yeah, but what I want to talk about actually is you reminded me of something I learned last night, which is how to um, close apps on the Apple TV and how to restart because mm. I was um, I was watching Netflix and it just got hung up. Yeah. And so, you know, I went out of the app, I went back in and it was like, nope. So then I figured out, um, it's very similar to back when you had a home button on your phone. Um, you double press the home button, which is the one with the TV icon, and it brings up basically like an app switcher. And then on the little swipe bar on your Apple TV remote, now this is for the fourth generation Apple TV, I'm not sure how you do it uh, for the older ones. You swipe up on that app, you know, you swipe through them and find that app, and then swipe up on that app, and that will close it out completely. Mm -hmm. um, and so that worked for me. Well, actually, no, that didn't work for me. I ended up having to restart my, uh, like, do a reset. So um, what you do is you hold the menu button and the home button on your Apple TV remote um, until the little light on your Apple TV starts blinking, and then you let go, and your Apple TV restarts. And oh, then I could watch all the oh, Netflix I wanted. I literally just, when I want to restart my Apple TV, I walk to the back, unplug it, and plug <laughs> it back in. I mean, that's <laughs> two ways. Good. That's kind of like restarting your computer that way. It's like yeah. not really recommended. Never had any problems. So, Sarah, I do have a question for you about the Bluetooth, though, before we move into apps and gear. Um, I actually been confused about this. If you are connected, you said you had your speaker connected, then you switched to your headphones, and it switches back. How does... How does that is that decision made by your devices? Like, which one gets pri uh, priority? I don't know. I've been curious. I've been wondering. I about went that. into my settings <laughs> and disconnected it, like from the yeah. speaker in Bluetooth, and then connected it. You know, turned on my headphones and connected it. And then, I mean, like it was five minutes later. Like I put the headphones on because I was leaving the house, and as I'm about to leave the house, all of a sudden my music stops. But my, my <laughs> yeah. experience, I don't have an answer. I think it's like, my, but my experience is Bluetooth devices are constantly trying to pair with your phone if yeah. they're unpaired. And so inevitably what happens is it's, it just literally just ends up switching back and forth. And it's really obnoxious. But then what's the point of pairing mode on Bluetooth? Because like if it's not in pairing mode, shouldn't it not be certain? But yeah. the thing is once it's paired to the device, because connected is different than paired. That's true. So You're right. what you have to do, this gets to the Good solution. What you have to do if you have several Bluetooth devices in your phone, in your home, or in, around you that you, that all are connect, that are all paired with your phone, is you have to forget the Bluetooth device as opposed to is it called forget? Yeah, it is. you have to forget the Bluetooth device as opposed to disconnect, and then when you want to use it again, you have to repair it. I think I'd rather yeah, just turn the Bluetooth device off. Yeah, or turn your Bluetooth device off or get AirPlay speakers like I have. Yeah, as you can turn it off. This came up recently um, because I was having a picnic at the park with a friend uh, who has an Android phone, and like I had disconnected from this speaker that I'm just about to talk about, 
and uh, let to let him put a playlist on. And then it kept switching back to my phone. And so I did, I did do the forget step, but it was annoying because I had disconnected. Yeah. And I think it's just one of those things like it's hasn't, Bluetooth hasn't been completely right. perfected that way. Yeah. So, so Apple gives yeah. you both of those options to disconnect or forget, but forget is more reliable in this what, instance. What I do is I just turn my Bluetooth off momentarily. Yeah, that works. While the person connects. Um, and I also like the forget thing, if, if you're in a device with multiple, not in a device, in a house with multiple people who, you know, and you share some of those Bluetooth devices like speakers, then that can cause problems. Like if you're disconnected and they're using it, then all of a sudden you connect and, you know, like who knows what audio might be playing on your phone or on their phone that maybe you don't want blasted to the house. Um, so in that case, I tend to forget devices that I don't use as frequently. Mm -hmm. So, like, there's a speaker my daughter mostly uses, and there's a speaker I mostly use, but we use both of them. So I, I repair with the speaker she uses the most. Mm -hmm. If you ever have to use it. Right. I will That's say fine. I used AirPlay 2 for the first time, and I really enjoyed it. I had the music playing from my upstairs HomePod and my downstairs Apple TV, and it was all synced up, and it worked. Uh, that being said, there aren't very many... If I don't know of any AirPlay 2 compatible third-party speakers right now, so. Right, tricky, interesting. Well, but that's helpful. You just have to forget the device, it sounds like. Yeah. Um, so moving into our apps and gear for the summer, um, I guess I will start first. I brought out this uh, Ultimate Ears Wonder Boom, and this is, we've talked about UE, Ultimate Ears, a lot before, because they just create really great waterproof Bluetooth speakers. I know it's my personal favorite company for Bluetooth speakers. I travel um, everywhere with the, what's it called? The, the boom? The boom bottle? The boom bottle. Boom bottle. Yeah, that's like a slimmer, taller one. Yeah. Um, you have the large one, right? The mega the boom. Mega right? boom. And that one has awesome sound. And so this one I recently, it's $99. Um, and I recently got this one. They came out with a line with fun colors. And so this is the Wonder Boom. You can get it in more like classic solid colors, or now they came out with different designs. And I thought this was a fun color for, for summer. For those of you listening, it's sort of a watercolor, purple and pink and green inspired design. Mm -hmm. um, and so yeah, I've brought this on a couple trips. It's easy to pack in your suitcase. Um, it's not very heavy. It's waterproof, so I brought it to the beach. I was recently in Miami for my friend's 30th birthday and so we brought this to South Beach and listened to music all day while we were on the beach. You can literally take these speakers and run them under the water. Yeah. I've never tried like really testing out the waterproof capabilities but that's awesome to know. Yeah. Do make sure the ports are, are sealed. Yeah. There's a, like here you can open up the here's the charging micro USB port. We do a company float trip where we'll go in Iowa, the rivers through Iowa. So you go get on a, a raft or tube and just float down the river for a while. And what we did last, this was two years ago, we loaded a bunch of music on the Apple Watch. I brought the UE Boom and we just played music the whole way down the river. And but it's you did, we did have to keep our awesome. wrists out of the water while our watch was connected yeah, to the Bluetooth speaker. Yeah, but that will no speaker. longer have to be the Oh, you're right. Because it, then it was a little bit dicey because they were water resistant, not waterproof, the Apple Watches. Uh -huh. The new Apple Watches are waterproof. But Bluetooth uh, doesn't work underwater. Bluetooth doesn't work underwater, fun fact. 
I didn't know that. This is like that uh, is a fun everything fact. wrong with Bluetooth. I know, podcast. for real. <laughs> yeah, the flaws of, of that. But um, yeah, in general, I find the Bluetooth connection to be really good with this. Like I, mm-hmm. you know, I did have that issue with my friend where we were like battling over which device was connected. But um, in general, besides like that, which is going to be an issue with any Bluetooth device, um, I don't. It never is like coming in and out of connection. And the sound is just really good. Like, I it feel is. like all of it, it's just, I've tried a lot of Bluetooth speakers now, and this is so good. Yeah, I've really thoroughly tested Bluetooth speakers and just had, like, three or four lined up and just switched back and forth. And you, my, I mean, I haven't tested this one, so, but the UE Boom, the sound quality is excellent. And they really get some, like, serious volume in fairly mm-hmm. small speakers. Yeah. That's my summer gear. So I, I just went all apps. Uh, Well, first, uh, I recently uh, took a trip and I flew on United, so I downloaded their app and used it. And I had kind of a nightmare connection in Chicago where my plane was delayed and I had to switch terminals and and uh, and it was just it was like I so I opened up Gate Guru and it was like it didn't even show my gate. It just basically was like, your gate doesn't exist. Oh my God. And so I, then I, and I was kind of like, I don't know what to do. I have to like know exactly where this is because I'm going to be running. And so I opened up the United one and it had like, like little arrows and really clearly marked things. And oh, it was, that's cool. I, I'm not sure if it was like turn by turn, like on my Apple watch. It probably was, but I was running. So I just looked <laughs> and then I ran and, and it told me how long it would take. Wow. Walking, I assume, because I, it was a 21 minute walk and, and I'm pretty sure I made it in under 15 minutes. Nice. Nice. All of that, all that Apple watch workouts. Now, you, O'Hare is like a United hub. How many airports did they have? Did you see? Um, yeah, they had like all of them. Really? I didn't That's look awesome. at the maps because I was, I was focused. Yes. <laughs> but, okay. uh, so there's that. I highly recommend it. Even if you're not flying United, that is the best airport map I've ever seen on any like airline app or a third party app like GateGuru. That's awesome. Um, and then also I wanted to talk about, uh, American Red Cross has a whole suite of, of apps, um, that I highly recommend. I, I have the Tornado app on my phone, which hmm. sends me alerts when there's a tornado. Because hmm. like it's tornado I mean, season in Iowa, yeah. we do actually have you know like a local siren. You don't always hear it, um, so that's really great to like get that alert. Mm-hmm. Um, I tend to be a little blasé about tornadoes at this point, <laughs> but you know what? They can actually be really serious, yeah. and so I'm trying to force myself to take them a bit more seriously. And and I have found when we had a tornado a year or two ago that actually was within a couple of miles of Fairfield. Mm-hmm. And and I was really happy to my, know. My parents' house had damage from a tornado. They're yeah. a couple of miles outside of our hometown. Wow. Right. So, yeah, it was Scary. great to know, yeah. like, okay, go hide under a desk. And, mm-hmm. okay, it's safe to come out. Um, it was great. Oh, yeah, I remember uh, us all hiding under desks. There's a picture of me, I think. Except on me. Like I was on a sales call, so I was just standing in the hallway <laughs> and be like, guys, let me know if it gets closer. <laughs> yeah, that would be like an interesting way to go, like on a sales right. call. Oh, uh, that'd be saddest. Taken out so, by a tornado. But in addition to that, they have like a first aid app. So, you know, if you're out like camping and, you know, something happens, you can just quickly look it up and find, you know, the things to do for your particular situation. There's a pet cool. first aid one, which... Um, cool. you know, I had a dog die and it was really sad and, but you know, like I, there, we used this app to perform CPR and, um, you know, it's great to have that cause it's not like, 
you wouldn't necessarily know how to do that, and no. it's hard to no, think clearly in that kind of emergency. That. So yeah. Yeah, yeah, we need that. Yeah. David and right. I had lunch with uh, the, our COO who choked and needed the Heimlich maneuver, and so having this would be really helpful. Here's how. Here's how <laughs> our COO is literally a Boy Scout camp. He was choking and demonstrating to me how to perform the Heimlich maneuver On while him. choking. Yeah, he basically like guided you through it. And I saved his life. The point is I saved his life. <laughs> the point is. <laughs> yeah, so, the point is we need this app. Yes. <laughs> so, so yeah, there's first aid and there's pet first aid. Just, okay, just might be clear, want both of those. we don't yeah. want to do pet first aid. Well, the Heimlich is different. <laughs> the Heimlich and CPR is, is kind of different. Mm-hmm. Um, on people and, and pets. And also, Heimlich, you might want to learn ahead of time because I think there's like, what, a 15 second window or something? Or it's like a not, small window. And not everyone's a Boy Scout. Yeah. Um, and then also, uh, there's one for like hurricane alerts if you live near a coast. Uh, there's one for flood alerts if you live near floods. Mm. There's there's a whole suite of them. I recommend like checking out all of them and seeing which ones work for you. They're, you know, like, Summer is great, but it can also bring some terrible weather, and mm-hmm. going out on adventures can sometimes lead to boo-boos, so <laughs> get the apps. Awesome, Sarah. Awesome. That's really good to know. Mine is sort of tangentially summer, so sorry. Uh, I've been really enjoying New York Times cooking app. Have you mm. guys tried it? No, no, but I want to, especially, what was the thing you're making this week? The patine oh, or something? It's a patine, yeah. It's a vegetable patine, which is kind of like a frittata, but has rice in it. going to test it out. Good. I'll let you know how it goes. Uh, this weekend, it was Father's Day, and, and last minute, we, like, showed up, and so they're like, make a salad. And so I just, like, went up, opened it up, found a salad. We made a watermelon Greek salad, and it was mm. really good. Yummy. Uh, feta? feta? It had feta, uh, t- tomatoes, and red, uh, red onions, and all sorts of good things. Mint. It had really a lot of mint. Um, anyway. <laughs> mm. But I've been trying to kind of put eat at home more and put more attention on, like, trying new dishes. And it's just really fun because you... Can just browse whenever you see a dish you like. You can just hit save, and it saves it to your like recipe list. Uh, it also has a lot of different um, cool features. I haven't tested a lot of them out. It can do kind of walk you through step by step uh, with timers and things like that. You can send it. You can send all the ingredients to your groceries list, which is cool. I haven't oh, cool. tested that. What my biggest complaint for it though is that it's behind the paywall, so you have to have a New York Times subscription. That would be my question. Which, you know, I have one, although I actually, funnily enough, even though I'm talking on the show, just canceled my New York Times subscription. Uh, uh, but what is particularly annoying is my girlfriend doesn't have it, so if we're cooking a meal, if I want to send her, hey, what do you think of this recipe, I can't. Mm. So that's a tricky one. Is Can you get New York Times cooking separate from like an entire New York Times subscription? Or? I actually don't know. Okay. I had an entire New York Times subscription. I'm not sure. I think so. Okay. Um, but I've been really enjoying it. So despite the fact that I just canceled Yeah, why did you cancel? Not food related? You know, I'm kind of regretting it actually. I might, re, uh, I might resubscribe. It was not food related. It was just that I have... Washington Post and New York Times, and I ended up paying a lot for news, and the and the New Washington Post is cheaper. I mean, that's what Got it came it. down to for me. Okay, cool. Well, I just want to mention one last app before we wrap this up, and that's just an app that I've been really enjoying lately. It's also just sort of tangentially summer related. It's more that I started using it this summer, and that's Marco Polo. Um, and I feel like there are a lot of apps when it comes to social stuff that do similar things. So it's not 100% unique, but if it can do it in a, even just like a slightly more user-friendly way than another one, that's like enough of an edge to make mm-hmm. you want to use it. So with Marco Polo, it's a video chat app, 
and it's something you get a notification when some one of your friends is live, uh, but you can watch it later or kind of chat back and forth live. And that's really nice for me because I really miss a lot of my friends that live in different places, but I also don't like talking on the phone very much. Um, and so this allows me to just on my own time talk to people. And I've created different groups of like I have a group of four friends that we were, you know, close in high school. And then I have like another friend who lives somewhere else. And so I've created different groups and it's kind of a fun way to feel like you're hanging out. Um, but it's also really like low pressure, low commitment. So it's free, Marco Polo. Check it out for what it's worth. Um, and this wraps up episode 87 of the iPhone Life podcast. Thanks so much for joining us. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, everyone. And we'll see you in a couple weeks. <laughs>